Big Fish is an incredible little book by Daniel Wallace about an incredibly difficult problem. Yes, I know it's also a great movie, and I hear a great stage production too. The difficult problem addressed in a grandiose way, and yet one I think we all deal with in some way with those we look up to, is how does one come to know the real truth about someone they love? When we've idealized them or fallen into idealizations they've made of themselves, how do we know the real them? And is it their history that matters, or the stories we tell about them that are most important? Especially with a parental figure, this need to know who our parents really were often feels like a key to knowing who we ourselves really are too. In the case of Big Fish, the challenge is put upon a son to understand his father, who weaves some pretty tall tales about himself. Just when the son thinks he's having a genuine moment with his dad, his dad pulls the rug out from under him, and he says to me, "My father, the very father who is dying here in front of me." Though today he looks good for someone in his condition, he says, "You're not yourself today, son." In his best groucho, winking just in case, and this is a long shot. I take him seriously, and it's a great improvement. But I do take him seriously. This is the problem. I stand to go, and he grabs me by the wrist and holds me with a power I didn't think he had any longer. I looked at him. I know when I'm going to die," he says, looking deep into my eyes. "I've seen it." I know when and how it's going to happen, and it's not today. So don't worry. He's completely serious, and I believe him. I actually believe him. He knows. I have a thousand thoughts in my head, but can speak none of them. Our eyes are locked, and I'm filled with a wonder. He knows. How do you? Why? I've always known. He says softly. Always had this power, this vision. I've had it since I was a boy. When I was a boy, I had a series of dreams. They woke me up screaming. My father came to me on the first night and asked me what was wrong, and I told him. I told him I dreamed my aunt Stacy had died. He assured me that Aunt Stacy was fine, and I went back to bed. But the next day, she died. A week or so later, the same thing happened. Another dream. I woke up screaming. He came to my room and asked me what had happened. I told him I dreamed Gramps had died. Again, he told me, though with perhaps a little trepidation in his voice, that Gramps was fine, and so I went back to sleep. The next day, of course, Grandpa died. For a few weeks, I didn't have another dream. Then I did. I had another. And Father came and asked me what I had dreamed, and I told him I dreamed that my father had died. He, of course, assured me that he was fine and to think no more of it. But I could tell it rattled him, and I heard him pacing the floor all night. And the next day, he was not himself, always looking this way and that as if something was going to fall on his head. And he went into town early and was gone for a long time. When he came back, he looked terrible, as if he had been waiting for the axe to fall all day. Good God, he said to my mother when he saw her, "I've had the worst day of my entire life." You think you've had a bad day? She says. The milkman dropped dead on the porch this morning. I slam the door behind me when I leave, hoping he has a heart attack, died quickly, so we can get this whole thing over with. I've already started grieving after all. Hey, I hear him call to me through the door. Where's your sense of humor? And if not your sense of humor, your pity. Come back, he calls to me. Give me a break, son, please. I'm dying here. It's hard to figure out the real roles going on in this dynamic. Is the father, like a great philosopher, teaching his son that reality is only what we think it is, or that who we are in truth is not much to tell? Or is he a narcissist, either ashamed of who he is so he can never let anyone in, or so self-inflated that he just figures everyone should know exactly? He that knows he is full of shit is much more balanced than he who is so full of shit he mistakes it as fresh air and thinks it's real. He can never get himself out of it.
Now what about the son? Is he truly a victim? A young man who just wants the keys of understanding his dad so he can better open the doors to living his own full life? Or is he one of these mistaken realists, so attached to the matter that he loses the meaning, the truth behind the myths, the connection beyond just the time spent together? I think it is meaningful to ask which of these your parents are or were. I think it is meaningful to ask which of these four character types you are. Personally, I don't have a problem with others knowing me as the way they would have liked to remember me. And to be honest, if my child were one day to want to really understand and know who I am, I might be apt to borrow a little bit from Big Fish. Not that I would be ashamed to give some true biographical information, but I have a feeling as well that doesn't quite convey it. We would all love our children to have something real of us and to know some real things about life, even if we still at this time feel we fail to understand those real things ourselves. The message of Big Fish is to realize that in truth, both biography and fiction go together. So do myth and history. So do memory and fact. True understanding must include all ways of knowing, including the wisdom that comes from not knowing. I like how the great novelist and historian Shelby Foote put it. The point I would make is that the novelist and the historian are seeking the same thing. The truth. Not a different truth. The same truth. Only they reach it or try to reach it by different routes. Whether the event took place in a world now gone to dust, preserved by documents and evaluated by scholarship, or in the imagination, preserved by memory and distilled by the creative process, they both want to tell us how it was, to recreate it by their separate methods and make it live again in the world around them. Famously, kids ask their parents the big questions and parents try to answer them. Sometimes how parents answer these questions can greatly inhibit their children from continuing to think. To have awe, to discover, even the sorrow of the not being able to know. This is how Dad in Big Fish answers his own son. So what is it today, Dad? What is what, he says dreamily. God and heaven and all that, what do you think, yes or no? Maybe tomorrow you'll feel differently. I understand that, but now, right now, what are you feeling? I really want to know, Dad. Dad? I say, for he seems to be drifting away from me in the deepest sleep. Dad, I say? And he opens his eyes and looks at me with his pale baby blues, suddenly full of an urgency, and he says, he says to me, he says to his son sitting beside his bed waiting for him to die, he says, Pinocchio? Even though the answer is funny and perhaps profound, it's also cruel. And yet, is it cruel because of the father or because of the nature and mysteries of life? Life isn't easy to understand, but that doesn't mean we can't have understanding and find some wisdom about how to live it. In Big Fish, the father has a joke he loves that I think has some kernels of wisdom about the absurdness of life, but with wisdom about how to live it in jest. There's this man, and he's a poor man, but he needs a new suit. This man needs a new suit, but he can't afford to buy one. He can't afford to buy one until he passes a store where there's this suit on sale, and it's priced just right, this beautiful dark blue suit with pinstripes, and so he buys it. Just like that, he buys it and wears it right out of the store with it matching tie and everything. But the joke here is, and I guess I should have mentioned this earlier, the joke is it doesn't fit. The suit doesn't fit him at all. It's simply way too big. But it's his suit, right? It's his suit. So to make it look good, he has to place an elbow against his side like this and his other arm out sort of like this, and he has to walk without moving one of his legs so that the cuffs will appear even, this tiny man in this huge suit, which, as I said, he walks out wearing, walks out into the street wearing, and he thinks to himself, 
what a nice suit I have, and walks with his arms just so. My father would make his arms just so, and dragging one leg behind with this smile on his face like an idiot, because of this great buy he just made. A suit, on sale. When he passes two old women on the avenue there, they watch him pass, and one of them shakes her head and says to the other, What a poor, poor man. And the other woman says, Yes, but what a nice suit. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but could the suit be symbolic of our own bodies and lives in this world? We do the best we can, can't help but come out awkward, and yet, what a nice suit. <laughs>